My name's Leslie Peterson, and I help bloggers turn their modest websites into thriving online enterprises with SEO, email marketing, and a little hard love encouragement to always move forward consistently and with a plan. Hey bloggers, happy Monday. I miss talking to you on Friday, but last week was my birthday and I turned the big 5-0. Uh, so I had visitors in town and um, actually the entire week was my birthday week. Um, so I apologize for not coming to you on Friday, but I'm glad to be back in the regular swing of things. And this uh, episode, I want to talk to you about the House Fresh article that seems to be making its way around our industry right now. And I'm going to talk to you about a few articles, and I'll make sure I link to them in the show notes. But if you're uh, if you missed it, House Fresh wrote an article um, titled How Google is Killing Independent Sites Like Ours. And they really focused on how um, a lot of the big name publications uh, like the Meredith brands or the Bustle brands or the um, fa- uh, Fandom, Hearst, uh, they're really dominating this this new space. Um in search. So they're usually the publications that are coming to the very, very top of the search results set. Now that is in addition to the Reddit, um, which is just, it's ridiculous to me, the way Reddit's showing up at the top with, you know, eight-year-old answers. And my guess uh, with regard to Reddit is because of the um, AI deal that Reddit and Google just signed together. That's kind of what's driving that. Um, so again, if you missed that, I'll put the link to that article below. Um, but uh, I didn't, I really didn't want to deep dive into this House Fresh article. Um, but it reminded me of an article that was written last year. So the House Fresh article, Google's Killing Independent Sites, came out just a couple of days ago. Um, But last year, there was an article that came out in August um, from, and I'm probably going to say his name wrong, Glenn Alsip. And it, uh, you know, it talks about the same uh, 16 companies that the House Fresh article did. And then the title of this article that he wrote is How 16 Companies Are Dominating the World's Google Search Results. And it's a really, really interesting piece that goes into uh, a lot more information. I mean, it's a huge article, like thirteen or 15,000 words. Um, it goes into a lot more detail about specifics with regard to those um, 16 publications. And uh, so I'll let you go ahead and read the article again, linked in the show notes. But in this episode, I wanted to give you just a few bits and pieces of information from that article that stood out to me that you might find helpful and a discussion about um, one or two ways to maybe combat this problem um, as Glenn Alsop suggests. And then I'll give you my idea about how to, um, how to overcome the problem. So let's dive in first of all to, uh, some of the things that he suggests. Um, number one, or I shouldn't say suggests, some really neat ideas that he's seen from these 16 companies that we could take advantage of. So um, 
One of those is that all of the Meredith publications tend to put social proof in their headers. So if you've got a a number of years experience or some amazing degree or something like that, you might benefit from this. So here's an example. Health um, Magazine Online has a header that says that they have 40 years of combined experience, um, 120 million readers a year, and um, more than 100 medical experts on staff. So when you read that, you're, it, it gives you, um, rightly or wrongly, uh, a little bit of um, a better feeling about what you're reading. So if you've got that sort of expertise that drives um home the message, you know, hey, I'm the one you should listen to, it might be worth taking this note from Meredith and uh, putting it in your header. Another thing um, that he pointed out that's doing really well, it started with, um, uh, I want to say Condé Nast, although it might be Travel and Leisure, sorry, I can't remember which one, but they started doing an article articles titled The Future of X. And it did so well that they're translating that into other industries in their other publications as well. So the future of travel, the future of search, the future of fast food, the future of ethnic dining, the future of children's, you know, literature, um, any of those uh, types of thought leadership articles that you can put out there, they tend to drive traffic, they drive backlinks, they drive exposure, and they drive home the idea with readers and other people um, who, you know, are looking for experts that, in fact, you are the expert. So think about that in your own niche. How can you create a future of uh, something in your space. And it doesn't have to be just one thing. So like if I do Atlanta travel, I'm not going to just do the future of Atlanta travel or the future of travel or the future of Atlanta. I can really niche down and say, you know, what's the future of um, uh, hotels in this uh, world where um, rentals are really pushing the market? Um, and specifically in the Southeast. So that's just, I'm not going to do that. But that's just an example of something um, that I could do in my niche. And then that opens me up to write about the future of lots of different things, even though I have a very niche down space. Uh, The next thing he pointed out is that because most of these websites are ranking, number one, they're taking a lot of opportunity to write about products. In fact, um, I think Meredith has like 120 people on staff and all they do is product reviews. Um, But you can um, take advantage of that. The, The fact that they're ranking on page one means that they are focused on the big keywords with big money. So, you know, air purifiers, like uh, like we saw with House Fresh. Air purifier, what's the best air purifier? But um, if I think about, like, I just bought a humidifier last week, and I bought it for my plants. So I'm guessing, you know, what's the best humidifier? Home humidifier is probably a really hard word to rank for. And I'm guessing um, those 16 companies are dominating the results for that. But Maybe, maybe not uh, humidifiers for plants or, you know, uh, face humidifiers or 
or humidifiers that uh, allow you to add essential oils. You know, I don't know. But my point here is because they can win the big terms, they're going to be focusing on the big terms. And even if it's not in their area of expertise, for example, the funny thing right now is the types of things that Forbes is writing, they're doing product reviews for things that make no sense at all. But it's because they can win on those high volume keywords. So the trick will be to find those lower volume keywords that either allow you to sell your product or allow you to drive affiliate revenue, because we know those bigger companies are probably going to be um, are not going to be focusing on on those keywords. Uh, another thing that he saw was that companies that have the same um, owner, like the, like let's say the Hearst brand, they would write one article um, that was really focused on affiliates, and they would put it, publish it in the place that it made sense. So let's say, now I'm more familiar with the Meredith brand. So let's say they publish an article about the best. Um, watering cans on better homes and gardens. Well, what they will do is also publish that same article on all their other sites, but they will make it canonical to the, the main one on better homes and gardens. So that even if I'm somebody, you know, who never reads Better Homes and Gardens, I probably read one of the other Meredith publications. Um, and so I'm going to come across it and, you know, maybe buy a watering can in this case. Um, so if you've got multiple sites, then what you might consider doing is taking advantage of this specifically with your affiliate uh, posts. So if you've got a post that is doing really well with regard to affiliates and you've got multiple sites, and even if it's a long shot like Forbes, um, then go ahead and put it on there and just, you know, mark it as canonical so um, that it doesn't hurt you um, in ranking. But uh, any, anyway, interesting, interesting idea. The other thing he brought up um, was to look at these larger companies and go to where people can buy advertising for them. And a lot of these places will have media kits and they'll explain what the focus of the, um, the, the editorial content will be for a given month. So, um, for example, he showed one of the media kits and most of them made sense like right this is valentine's day and we're going to do romance and this is for father's day and this is easter etc cetera, etc cetera. but some of them were really interesting like this one uh that he showed in february there was how to handle um you know winter skin so if your skin's you know dried and cracked or you know tight um what are the things you can do to help that. Oh, and maybe a humidifier or lotion or I don't know. I don't know the things. Um, but if you can, obviously there's money in that or they wouldn't be putting the effort into it. So if you look there, you can get some ideas that might be a little bit off the beaten path. And you'll know these companies are going to be trying to dominate the, the larger volume keyword is there a smaller volume keyword that warrants writing about specifically to sell a product or sell or or have someone click on your affiliate links? 
I thought that was a clever little uh, little tip. Um, the other thing he mentioned was how important it is to niche down. Um, so these publications are really focused on large niches like healthcare uh, or health, um, finance, sports. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the others. Uh, food and drink. But and ironically, um, for me anyway, I know that travel is is a very popular niche when it comes to our industry. Uh, I think it's second in regard to um, RPM, but it didn't even make the top 10 or top 12 of those publications. So what he was saying here is that if you can niche down into, instead of travel, for example, niche down into something smaller, instead of you know health or sports, it's always really important to niche down, but also to look at those industries that um, that have a lot of uh, opportunity for selling products, selling affiliates, getting ads, um, but that are not being talked about by these 16 companies. And so he gave a couple of examples. I'll tell you four of them or four or five of them that were interesting to me snowboarding was on the list. And I was like, whoa, because um, there's a whole world. I mean, there's the world I live in snowboarding, where there's so much different equipment and brands and places to go and, and, um, you know, equipment to compare and that sort of thing. And while they might write about the best place to go snowboarding or a brand new snowboard that comes up, chances are none of these Meredith publications are going to be diving into all of the affiliate opportunities um, surrounding that niche. Um, the other one, board games. Another one was books. And I thought that was interesting because I have a friend who, uh, a couple of friends who have book, uh, book niche blogs. Um, and the larger uh, publishing houses tend to be beating them out right now. Um, so I, that makes me go, oh, okay, does this does this idea hold water because I've seen what's happened to them? Uh, but still interesting nonetheless. Um, coffee was another one that he brought up. So an entire coffee fo- focus blog, like that would be killer, right? And then the other one I thought was kind of funny. I didn't realize how um, or if there is a lot of opportunity for writing, you know, 100 or 200 posts on this because uh, I don't have one, thank goodness. But beard care. Could you write an entire blog about beard care? I thought that was interesting. Uh, But the other thing he said is, you know, if you, he's not saying don't fight the giants, like don't do food and don't do uh, sports or don't do, um, you know, any of those big niches that these 16 companies are dominating. He said, if you want to fight the giants, Go ahead and fight the giants, but you're going to have to look for those lower volume keywords, those opportunities, um, that, you know, kind of uh, between the lines. Um, but he's saying, if, you know, if that's your if that's your passion, um, then then keep going forward. I thought that was interesting. So the last thing, um, well, definitely not the last thing he said, but the last thing that caught my attention was um, he showed how some websites now have a feature where you can say, save this article. And 
Of course, the way that you save it is you have to give your email address. So they're growing their newsletter subscribers by offering them the ability to save the article. And I thought that was really clever. And then I remembered, oh, hey, um, Mediavine does this with their Grow product. So if you are a member of Grow, um, then you can offer people the ability to bookmark or I think it's it's a little heart that you click on to save that article so they can come back to it later. But they have to have an account with you to do that. So if you're not a Mediavine subscriber, you can still um, sign up for Grow. And I I want to say it's free. Um, I think it's grow.me. And um, that will allow you to capture those email addresses. And uh, even though they're collected in Grow, you have access to them, obviously, um, and can add them to your newsletter. I thought that was um, really clever. And it made me think um, of two things. Number one, that heart is always there, but maybe at the top of the articles or in the middle of the articles, I need to add something that says, hey, save this, you know, save this post to come back to later and, um, ha- you know, give them the ability to click on that or make it more obvious. And I, I'm not sure that that's possible. Um, I have to look at the link that, that that grow button is using, but it made me think, wow, should it be more obvious that you have the ability to save this instead of just the little heart. And then the other thing it made me think about is the gated content um, that Grow allows you to put in place. So not uh, I'm not just talking about lead magnets, um, but there's this ability to put what I guess they call it exclusive content or gated content. It's a little bit different than uh, just a regular lead magnet. But what we were talking about in my membership recently is how people really want a printed out copy of the articles, especially if it's a listicle. So you could, like what we do is we put a checklist together on some of our sites and people can get that for a dollar. But I'm thinking maybe it would be even more advantageous to me to get their email address instead of the dollar. Um, And you could just, you know, have a printable version of your uh, article there for people to get to. Again, the focus here is just how, what are all the things you can do to get somebody's email address? Because that is really, really where the money lies. Um, so, so those are his ideas. I thought they were fantastic. I encourage you to go take a look at that article. It is a long read. So just grab a cup of coffee, settle down, read it. It's really good. Um, but I'm going to go back to what I've been talking about for months and months now. And that is that search is different. It's harder to rank. And even if you do those low volume keywords for your affiliate sales, I mean, you're gonna have to write more articles in order to get the same amount of ad revenue. Um, and besides all of that, Gartner just put out this study this month, I think last week, where they're predicting that by 2026, the entire volume of search engine or searches will drop by 25%. So 25% less searches out there, um, just because of AI chatbots and uh, virtual assistants and all that sort of thing. So that's just another reason uh, for you to look uh, at what products you can create and um, how you can collect more um, emails, uh, newsletter subscribers 
uh, and and create a sales funnel for your products. And I was thinking about that today and plugging some numbers in. And if you had a $29 product and you were able to sell 10 of them a day, that's more than $100,000 a year for 10 a day. And some of you are probably thinking, I can't sell 10 products every day. But listen, I think you can. And you probably you might not be able to just from people coming to your site, but if you're collecting email addresses, you have a sales funnel in place, um you're leveraging other outlets like we heard Marcy talk about in the last episode, um Etsy, Amazon, all of those different places and you optimize your funnel so that you can begin um uh running ads then you can definitely do that. I mean, listen to this. I, I was like looking this up and trying to get an idea of like, what is 10 a day? Do you know like the pizza shop down the road from you is selling 300 to 500 pizzas a day? 300 to 500 pizzas a day. And think about how many pizza places are out there. And even if it's the same pizza place like Little Caesars or Papa John's or Domino's or whatever, there's like one on every other uh, corner, and they're still selling 300 to 500 pizzas a day. If they can do that, you can sell 10 of your products every day by capturing newsletters and putting a good funnel, uh, or capturing email addresses and putting a good funnel in place. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget, um, the three articles that I mentioned are all linked in the show notes below. Hey, real quick, this is Leslie just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepeterson.com.